Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back to this portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously when you're using the Fireboard 2, the Fireboard 2 Drive, or the Fireboard 2 Pro. Go to fireboard.com and pick the one that's best for you. And if you need a one-channel Fireboard, that also is an InstaRead meat thermometer. Might I suggest the Fireboard Spark, which, as you've heard over the last number of weeks, I'm using more and more and loving more and more. More than the old standby InstaRead meat thermometer. No names, please. So that should tell you all you need to know. My guest here this evening is the creator of cookoutnews.com, a monthly contributor here to this show. We welcome back our pal Wes Wright to the show. Wes, appreciate you joining me here this evening and helping us do new content in a pre-recorded fashion. Uh, We're not trying to fool anybody in this particular segment, but in some of the other ones that I did, (laughs) I think I was going for that fake out, but I have since revealed that uh, the 11th and the 18th will all be uh, pre-recorded shows with all new content. Uh, but nonetheless, appreciate you making the time to do this here this evening. So uh, four or five different things I wanted to get your opinion on or stories that you're breaking or writing about. The first of which is a two-part question, I guess. There's on and off over the time I've been in this business, new charcoal brands that come to the market. And uh, when they're coming in, Pardon the pun. They're coming in hot. They're talking about how they're going to shake up the industry or uh, shake the very foundations of how the industry operates and get over on the big names that are out there. Because when you talk about charcoal, who are you thinking of right off the bat? Of course, it's going to be Kingsford. And then from there, I mean, it's anybody's de- guess. If you're in the business, it's probably going to be Royal Oak. Uh, maybe it's going to be Fogo or some of those higher-end lump brands. But outside of Kingsford, and if you're just a everyday ham and egger, you probably don't maybe care about the charcoal that you're buying. You just want something you can get at the store at worst. Uh, and then when you start to get into the weeds a little bit of this industry, maybe you care a little bit more. There's a brand that I'm getting spammed on religiously at least once a week called the good charcoal what do you know about it and is it good charcoal yeah uh so good charcoal i actually i talked to the co-founder um about a year ago for an earth day interview um and what it is so they they say they're good in three ways that they're good because they uh they use acacia bushes that are over in namibia um which are non-indigenous and they they encroach on all the plains for like cheetahs to run around in um so they use that to make their charcoal which is supposed to be much harder than like like oak and burn hotter um and then they also are big on um humanitarian efforts stateside doing like food drives uh going to food trucks and in impoverished areas um and also just the the product they say is just better, you know, than, than what's out there. Um, I've, I've used it once and it, it's pretty mild. Um, I'd say it's milder than, than Oak, but they've been getting a lot more distribution. They started, uh, 
last year picking up speed when I, I think they were in um, Walmart, then they got into Sam's Club. Um, but now they recently announced that they're in Target stores and mm-hmm. Kroger, even in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So they're, you know, they're growing. Um, but I, I think you can say that about a lot of brands too. Um, you know, like Home Depot used to just sell Kingsford, which had, a, you know, like an 80% market share of the charcoal industry. Um, but there you can buy, you know, Jealous Devil or Fogo or, you know, it, it's a lot easier, which is something even that Kingsford noted in their last conference call. They said that they're they're losing market share a little bit and they were, you know, saying that they had some pricing issues and that's why. But I think it's because there's more competitors out there. Do you think the good charcoal is something that can sustain over the next five to 10 years? Is this a serious contender? Is it lump or is it a briquette? Um, I'm not sure if they eventually made a briquette, but it's, it's mainly lump. It's, it's literally like burned down acacia bushes. So, Hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know if it, you know, if they actually, they used to be called the good charcoal company. And I think they've such since rebranded as good charcoal. Um, I I don't know how that's all going to shake out because it seems like you see, I feel like I see, on social media more with like De- jealous devil or fogo um and and less i know they're big on the micro influencer community at good charcoal they've, they've said that um you know I'm, i i used it it's a decent product um it, it's hard because you get to a point with premium charcoal that i i don't know that i can even tell the difference when i use them maybe it's just me but so the thing that i worry about when it comes to lump charcoal is especially when you compare it to it's brother the briquette kingsford outside of that initial light-up phase where you get that standard kingsford smell and if you put your food on too early food could accumulate some of that flavor profile some people like that um find it to be a little bit off-putting myself but once you get through that it's a heat source it's not flavoring at all uh, like you've put wood chunks in it or anything like that however lump charcoal and certain brands of lump charcoal can really set a flavor profile i know meathead says that charcoal in itself does not add any flavor to whatever you're cooking but i tend to disagree when it comes to the lump charcoal stuff because it's basically carbonized wood at at that point versus the other process that the lump or that the briquette charcoal has to go through and i've had some brands i can smell it before it's even lit and i'm like whoa this is a very unique smell i can only imagine what this is going to be like when it burns Um, not chemically but whatever the species of wood that they're using, it really seems to become very prevalent. And then it also uh, lingers on the food a little bit. And if you don't like it, then you've screwed whatever you're cooking. Is this a, a flavor that you think is agreeable to most palates? Um, Jealous devil, for instance, has a little bit of a unique flavor to it. I had a bag of jerk charcoal. That was one that was all the rage, uh, maybe a year or two ago. And, has since fallen out of popularity. That one had a completely uh, unique flavor profile that nobody in my house liked, but it, it burned really good. The, dude, the chunks in this thing look like they were quarter logs. Uh, somebody looked at it in my Instagram the other day and was like, whoa, Like, are you making your own out of trees in the back? So uh, I don't like that. And then uh, from a consistency standpoint outside of the how does it smell and taste, how were the chunks? Yeah, the... So the chunks were were pretty good size. I you know it's always a disappointment if you get lump and there are a bunch of crumbles basically, especially if you're using a chimney to start. Then it you know a bunch of it just falls on the bottom of the grill. Um, and I I use lump charcoal mainly. Um, I 
briquettes seem to have a smell that I don't really like as much. You know, I use them sometimes and I'd say they're easier. Um, but I, yeah, I, I feel like I can notice uh, a flavor from various charcoal brands, you know, like you've noted, um, you know, whether that's mental or not, I don't know. But um, I, with uh, the flavor profile on good charcoal, it to me, it tasted super mild. So like if you're going for a quick grill, you can barely notice it. Um, if you were going to do a longer smoke, it would probably be about right because I don't like an overpowering smoke flavor. Um, but yeah, it's it's real mild. It's uh, it's much milder than oak. So good charcoal and widely available in some of the bigger retailers out there. So if you have a target by you, um, then go ahead and check them out. Walmart, I think you said, uh, too, was was a Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, take a look and pick up a bag if you're so inclined, and then uh, let us know what you think about it if you use it. Just from a charcoal general question, is it safe to say that in the game of charcoal, there's really only a small handful of manufacturers, and those guys are private labeling out a, a bunch of other brands that's that's what i've heard i've talked to some people in in the charcoal business that say that they kind of white label to everybody you know um and i i think even i've heard that with a species of wood you know they make a claim on the bag and they can't even really trace it because of you know where it comes from and so there's a good chance that it's a lot of what it is but it's uh you know they can't guarantee that that's the only thing in the bag one of the other things i wanted to ask you about is the brand gorilla grill so we knew them as they were coming up they have built a really grassroots and passionate following over the last number of years and then was it uh during the pandemic american outdoor brands uh, buys gorilla grills and flexes that into their portfolio just from an overall standpoint you think that has been a good acquisition for AOB? Uh, yeah, according to them, they're growing it and they've seen growth in the brand. Um, they don't break it out, but um, they talk about their direct-to-consumer brands doing well and, and they particularly called out that that's good growth, whatever that means, I don't know. Um, but, you know, they they have bigger pockets to put money behind marketing. Um, I, I think they need some new product though. I think their lineup's getting a little bit stale, um, cause it hasn't really changed much in, in some years. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think that they have a path to, to do it. I've been waiting actually for them to release some products because they said prior to acquisition of Gorilla Grills, they had created some, uh, or come up with some ideas of products that didn't have a home. And so they acquired Gorilla Grills with the idea of putting those products through the Gorilla Grills brand, which to means, me means they have to be something grill related, obviously, but they haven't come out with anything since the acquisition other than that power supply and then a built-in cabinet for their gas grill. So that can't be what they're talking about. So I'm just, they said there's more products coming in the next 12 months. So We'll see what happens. They have a spectacular line of stainless steel outdoor cabinetry, for lack of a better term, that they had even before the acquisition, and it appeared they had no interest in marketing it. I think we might have touched on this the last time or the time before. Similar to Charbroil having an outstanding line of stainless steel outdoor cabinetry for the outdoor kitchen, if you want it. And both of these brands never decided to showcase these pieces and for what they cost substantially less than it's going to cost to bring a contractor in pour the cement do all this other stuff that you think you might have to do where you could get out 
for less than five or six grand. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that's something that um, American outdoor brands saw in Gorilla Grills because every single uh, investor deck I see has the outdoor cabinets in it. So I'm hoping they continue to build on that. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand why it's kind of pushed to the back though. Like with Charbroil, um, you know, I'm constantly looking for stuff to write about and um even with them i've I've come across a couple instances where i'm like oh i guess they released a new like outdoor kitchen related item like four months ago so i don't i don't report on it because i just missed the boat but uh, you know i'm looking all day every day so if i missed it you know think of just your average consumer that's looking to buy stuff solo stove who we know for bringing that great bonfire fire pit smokeless fire pit i think is the claim to fame and then some associated cookers that may or may not have done so well a pizza oven uh, that came out last year at some point i think it was uh, all in all seem to be trying to capture that whole outdoor backyard experience are now branching into tiki torches are they trying to put their fingers on too much <laughs> yeah i mean i think they just need expansion right they they want as much of the wallet share of the backyard as they can get they changed up their whole website since they bought uh terraflame which sells like indoor alcohol powered candles basically that are you know smokeless so they're they're trying to beef like indoor or i mean um, outdoor accessories around fire pits to now just outdoor lifestyle in general um I, I think they will come to a point though where they'll have to rationalize products i mean they you know like partnered on an adirondack chair recently and that they that they released but eventually you know you just there's stuff that's just not going to sell because you're getting too far away from your core do you use tiki torches to keep away bugs or for mood lighting outside because i have them around my deck i never light them yeah, I've never I've never owned one. I've been at parties where they're on. I was like, oh, that's cool to see. I've never used one. Maybe, you know, maybe if I had one, it'd be my favorite thing. I don't know. But no, I've never like, I, you know, you walk past them when you go into Home Depot or Lowe's and I've never been like, oh, I'm, I want to buy one. I have the Citronella fuel in them. And uh, we were just for Fourth of July, we were over my neighbor's house in the middle of the day. He lit up his torches. And if you're downwind, I'm kind of jack your white shirt up a little bit because it's sooty and it smells you know like citronella if you like that smell maybe you'll really love it but i don't think it's really keeping a lot of bugs away because you're not really sitting by them and it's all just heat rising and going up into the air so maybe it's keeping them a mile away or two miles away because that's where the wind is going but uh, i've always thought tiki torches were a little bit gimmicky unless you're just using it for the light i, I suppose they sell regular torch fuel and now you have like a, a Polynesian type setting. Yeah, it creates ambience. I, I've never had good luck with any mosquito repellent type devices. Um, you know, it's funny because the uh, Tiki brand is going the other way and they came out with a, a fire pit that actually has some innovation behind it. And they came out with these uh, outdoor lights that also have bug repellent in them. Yes, I saw you that. Know. Yeah, which I, I don't know how they work. I tried those thermocells this year. My wife, you know, she always gets eaten by mosquitoes and it's that makes it my problem. So I had two of those like right next to her on the fourth and she was still getting bit. So, yeah. I, you know, if anyone knows of a good product, let me know. The last I heard about anything was skin so soft back in like the ninth grade. So that would have sure, been, sure. you know, 89 yeah. or something like that. And 
I just seem to not have a, a skin that mosquitoes are attracted to. I don't remember the last time I was bit by a mosquito or had a mosquito bite, so I consider myself lucky because otherwise it's miserable. Um, Camp Chef, who we know for making great pellet cookers, competitive pellet cookers, uh, innovative pellet cookers to some degree, have been open, as you found out, to white labeling for Cabela's. Yeah, Cabela's came out with some uh, a new line of pellet grills this month, um, and if you look at the pictures on my website, they're, uh, they they you know they share basically everything with uh, Camp Chef. Uh, some of their various models, not like their Woodwind Pro or anything like that, but um, with the their Gen Two and Gen Three controllers. Um, so yeah, they they appear to be making making the pellet grills for Cabela's. You know which. I, you know, I think it's it's a decent approach if it because what I hate is when there's when brands come out with uh, so many uh, store exclusives. Like if you go to Pit Boss's website, they have like you know fifty different pellet grills that are all different store exclusives with little variations, and then you don't even know really what's the best one, what's the worst one, what's decent. You you know where you'll get like Camp Chef did or even Traeger, they make. Uh, like Costco exclusives, like the Silverton, and they have no mention of them on their website at all. And I think they do that just to not confuse everybody. Traeger makes a, a pellet cooker for Costco? Yeah, it's it's Traeger branded. It's not like Costco branded, but it's not, you know, they have, they go with like the good, better, best model. So you have your pro, which is the entry, then you've got the ironwood, middle yep. line, timberline, topperwood. But they have at Costco, they have the silver tin, which is like, it looks more like a regular grill, but it's has features off of a pro and an ironwood. Hmm. So it's somewhere in between and it's, you know, it's priced pretty well. And they have a whole line of grills that there's no mention of them anywhere on Traeger's website, but they, you know, have various features that are kind of you know like a frankenstein from their other grills when it comes to white labeling are there any other manufacturers that you can think of off the top of your head that are taking advantage of this and is it something that a lot of these other manufacturers should take advantage of where if you have a retailer that has fallen in love with your particular grill for whatever reason and says hey we want to sell that but we want it under our name uh you know rights hardware you can uh, put together an agreement and away you go yeah i think it's good if it's you know it's a good way to increase your volume without necessarily confusing the consumer on your your product lineup i mean it's only if it gets pointed out and then you're you're going back and forth between brands but um like next grills parent company well they so it used to be next grill was the company but then they formed global leisure group which also owns mega master which sells grills yeah. and like us um and so that's under that umbrella, but they also white label for, I want to say KitchenAid. Um, they, they make grills for them. So it, it, it's more common. I mean, you know, I, I think it's a good idea though. It, it, you know, it's a good way to just boost your revenue. Uh, Wes Wright talking to us here on the show. Cookoutnews.com is his website. Uh, make sure you're checking that out a couple times a week to keep up on all the news that's breaking here in the live fire industry. One of the things you had noted uh, maybe a handful of weeks ago was our friends at Traeger using, and I think the number was 1,800 influencers, which to me seems like an extravagant amount. Is that correct? And what are they doing with 1,800 influencers? Yeah, it's, they said it's around 1,800, wow. um, and they 
Because they throw out stats about how much user-generated content they get. That's something they track and you know how much they base their engagement off of social media like that. Um, and they noted that the Flat Rock, their new griddle, um, had by far the biggest engagement of any launch that they've ever had, um, which they said gives them permission to go outside of selling pellet grills. But I mean, you, you have to wonder though, if you know, 1800 people are getting free products, you, you're going to get a lot of content. So I, I don't know how you distill that down. I, I don't know what an average brand does though. That was the first num- number I've ever heard thrown out. Like, what do you think, you know, other brands out there, what do you think they are? Maybe that's a question I should be asking these brands when they come on from now on. I had no idea that Traeger voluntarily just pitched out a number and at, at 1800, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, how do we rating those from who's my best influencer to who's 1800 and then <laughs> are a certain percentage getting paid and then also getting whatever the free grill is or the soup du jour grill is for that time that they're looking to promote and then once you reach that cutoff is everybody else, I'm going to say only is everybody else only getting a free product because I have continued to preach this philosophy long and wide, which is know your worth and don't do anything for free. And I just had a conversation with somebody else earlier today said, well, yeah, but if you're just getting into it, isn't it easier to just do something for free and it makes you feel good? Maybe that keeps you uh, on the encouragement road to continuing to make content and all this. And my thing is, I I guess, but you're ruining it for everybody else that's a professional What's the definition of a professional? Somebody who gets paid. So if you're getting a free case of rub or a free grill in this instance, I mean, technically you're not a professional because nobody's stroking you money. Why not get the money and then also say, you can give me that flat rock or this gas grill or whatever it is, and I'll we'll agree on the amount of content that we're going to do this for that promotional period. But wow, I mean, I can't imagine they're paying... You think they're paying half the influencers or less than that? I think it's dramatically less than that. I think it's just that upper echelon that get paid and the rest get free product. But I, I don't know how they pick either. You know, I remember you were talking about somebody you knew in the Ohio area, um, go big or go barbecue. Yeah, these, Aaron Huntelman, uh, guys, right. Who doesn't, you know, he, he's talking about Traeger all the time. He on gets his social the shaft media all quick. the time. He's getting yeah. the shaft. Come on. Come on, Traeger. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know how they pick it. And, you know, I'll, I'll throw out some numbers from my own website there. So like I, I've gotten free product with, you know, a fair amount of companies and I don't, you know, they just go off probably statistics on what my website does, but I can think of one company that has never offered me anything that I've, I've sold more for than all the other products combined <laughs> so i don't i don't understand and i and i don't mean that like i'm pushing it like i've just written articles people yeah. click on it whatever but i've you know it's you know so it's, do you not think they're uh, tracking it or they don't have the the right people in those positions to make sure they know where the bread's being buttered so they can make sure they're uh, utilizing that I don't know. I don't, I don't because you'll see people that have dramatically less followers than others and or, you know, or any reach that you can think of that it's quantifiable and they're 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 getting stuff even if it's just free product. So I don't and I I don't necessarily I don't want free product. I have <laughs> I have way too many products as it is, but 
just the overall conversation of how they pick who gets what. I, I have no idea how it works. What are you working on that's big? Any any stories that could be shaking our world up here? Um, I don't think anything that's going to shake our world up. Uh, I'm working on a few things, though, um, that'll, you know, that'll probably, they'll, they'll run around the time this comes out. I'm trying to do math in my head here. But, uh, you know, it's the 15th anniversary of Blackstone. So I'm going to write mm-hmm. something on uh, kind of their pathway to where they are. That's It's going to leverage some of the quotes from actually your interview that you did with their founder and CEO. Um, and um, I talked to the co-founder of PK Grill, or not co-founder, co-owner mm-hmm. of PK Grills too, just to talk about where they're at. So um, those, those are like, you know, longer form, interesting reads so if you're into that kind of thing uh cookoutnews.com is the website follow him socially at cookout news and you can follow him now over on threads which uh just we're recording here on july 5th that was just recently uh unveiled to the various app marketplaces here a handful of hours ago so everybody's trying to be number one over on threads right now so follow wes on threads for all the updates as well uh, wes always appreciate the time we'll see you in august yeah, sounds good. Hey, that's Wes Wright from cookoutnews.com. And what did I find that was most interesting about that segment? Oh, let me tell you. Our pals have 1,800 influencers. Is that possible? Can they really have 1,800 influencers? And if they do, oh my God in heaven, I want to know how many are getting paid real dollar bills. And how many are getting the free whatever's new? And I know a lot of you are out there saying, hey, I'll take the free whatever's new. Okay, but remember, some of us are trying to be legitimate business folks. And you're ruining it for the rest of us. Stop it. We should talk about Sterling Ball and Big Papa Smokers. Head on over to that website, BigPopSmokers.com, and find all the things you need to become a better outdoor cook. They have 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Little Louis Season Salt, Double Secret Steak Rub. Some of my personal favorites, maybe some of yours as well. If you're looking to improve your competition barbecue recipes, why not try Granny's Barbecue Sauce? That's right, a brand new sauce that you might have never tried before. Maybe you're stale on what's existing in the market right now. You want something that's really good right out of the bottle or something that you can trick out and make your own and use it as a nice base sauce. Granny's also good for that as well. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they're also offering the very best charcoal pellet and wood cookers available on the market right now. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac Two Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers or you don't know which kind of grill you might want, call and ask questions. That's what they love the most. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPopSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. That will put a wrap on the first hour. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We have Jess Piles coming up here tomorrow or in the second hour. So... Make sure your podcast feeds are at the ready, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
Hi, this is Austin Parsons, Pitmaster with Smoky Mountain Q in Nashville, Tennessee, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. 